What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 126 of the Stand Up Guys podcast. I'm your host, the incomparable Zach Jones, joined as always by my brother from the same mother, Lester Jones. Hello, everybody. And of course, we got, oh, uh, I, I forgot I need to edit your intro for, <laughs> for YouTube. We got the Ninth Wonder, Chocolate Thunder, Dropping Fitties and Grabbing Bosoms, <laughs> the Nip Flicking, Deep Penising. <laughs> Swimming in bazooms like Scrooge McDuck in doubloons. The phenomenal AJ Singh. How you do it on the fly? That's not bad. I'm not sure if... The uh, other ones weren't good. Though. I'm not sure if they'll let you say penis. <laughs> they should. I mean, that's a, a okay. technical term, right? I mean, we should be good on that. Man, I don't know, though. I, uh, they're getting pretty puritanical yeah, over on YouTube. I don't know. Oh, guys, what have you been up to this week? What have you been watching? Anything good? Mostly just sports, man. I just have to drop this. Uh, the Houston Cougars are back to number one. I didn't want to say it before, but they did lose a game to Alabama, and they dropped from number one. But they're back to it. So uh, good news, guys. <laughs> when, when does uh, the season for them end? Oh, March. March. The big tournament, March Madness. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, but, but, but What about you over there? What about me? What have I been watching? <laughs> or you can regale us with a tale from your time at work. I don't know. <laughs> we had the uneventful bank robbery the other week. Oh, yeah. You told yeah. me about this. Whatever happened with that? Nothing that I know of. Dude walked in, went in the back with somebody, came out carrying a bag, and just walked out and walked off. And they haven't caught the guy yet? Not that I've heard. You're telling me there was a successful bank robbery. I didn't think those were possible. <laughs> Well, I don't think anyone would ever do it if it if you had zero chance of success. I just don't think it's really worth the risk. I just didn't think in this day and age, like you'd stand a, a chance of getting away with it. I mean, it. they have good yeah. photos of the guy. They, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they know who he is. But or they catch him soon. Yeah. He, maybe he went to Mexico. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. What have you been watching then? I watched season two of Primal. How was that? It was good for being essentially completely nonverbal. <laughs> Dang, really? It's like a caveman, a, a T-Rex, like, screaming at each other. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like a cartoon? Yeah, yeah it's a cartoon. <laughs> okay. I thought I walked in on an episode where, like, there was, like, an Englishman guy talking or something. There was, like, an interesting one-off where, yeah. Where there was some talking. Involving Darwin. Oh, Darwin. Yeah, he was actually there. So, interesting. In the time. What is the premise of this show? Uh... <laughs> Well, basically, like in the beginning, the caveman's roaming around by himself, and like he has this skirmish with his T Rex, and through some antics, I don't really remember all in the first season, like they become friends, and so then they're like traveling through the landscape, like fighting random creatures and bad guys, oh. and just <laughs> killing a bunch of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly good, though. Okay, but it. Isn't it? It's made by Gandhi Tartakovsky, right? Same guy that yeah. did Samurai Jack. So yeah, there's a pedigree there at least. Um, did you watch anything else? I probably did. Nothing's like kicking off in my head right now. Well, I'll go through mine and then if you think of anything, Escape from Alcatraz with Clint Eastwood. Oh yeah, how was that? It's not bad, but I was feeling kind of shitty just laying on the couch. So, <laughs> um, well, I did finally get out to the theater and watch Avatar. I've been meaning to, but it's three hours. I'm like, Oof. where am I going to find three hours? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Yeah, it is a three-hour tour, uh, but I do encourage people to do it because, like, I don't know, like, even if you didn't like the first Avatar, like, I don't know if you'll like this one, but I just feel like watching it in 3D, like, it is an experience. 
And like I even think like I like the first Avatar and I think overall like I probably still like the first one just a little bit more, but this one's like uh the 3D effects I thought were even better than the first. Mm. And like the underwater scenes especially look really really cool. Okay. Um I mean it I think it's it's worth the the 3D ticket just for the the experience. I it, I thought it was pretty cool. I will say though, like my eyes were getting a little tired after three hours in 3D, but yeah. but yeah, I think it's well worth the ticket. Uh, okay, and it's making it's made like gobs of money. Like I heard, I I think it's like up there, like top three or something all time. Right I now? think it's somewhere between like 1.5 and 2 billion right wow. now. Like yeah, it's doing well. I heard they're making like five of them. That's the plan, supposedly. <laughs> well, I think when he filmed this one, like he basically filmed three and four as well. Okay. So like, there's at least two more, uh, and then. I, but I think the plan is five. I mean, why stop now, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he might as well keep going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. I will say, like, um, and I I heard some critical reviews of it before I went to see seen it that said this like, there's a Seen every now and then uh, where he films it in like really high frame rate, which kind of gives it like that um, motion smoothing you see on like modern day TVs. Mm -hmm. I I don't know about you guys. I always I turn that feature off on the TV because I don't like it. It looks it looks very like almost too realistic. Yeah, looks it makes things look weird. I don't like it, so I turn it off. Mm -hmm. Um, So those scenes I thought looked a little bit weird mm-hmm. but other than that like uh it looks uh, pretty good and like i said the underwater scenes look really fantastic mm-hmm. um i finished season three of barry uh, uh good show i i don't put it like uh as high as some people do on their tv list but uh i did like it um also on HBO, I watched a movie called The Menu. Have you guys heard of that? Oh, I, yeah. I almost watched it, but I didn't. So basically, the premise of the movie is like there's this really exclusive like restaurant on an island that basically only rich people can afford. So this group of rich people go there, and like um, Ray Fiennes plays like the, the master chef. He's like this famous like chef, you know, that runs the whole thing. Um, but they start like bringing them kind of like these weird like courses of food and then like i won't spoil it but you can probably guess just from like the trailer and stuff that things eventually get violent Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like you you find out like what's going on eventually and why um and it's kind of a commentary on like uh the rich basically and and art kind of too um i liked it um I feel like a lot of things on this list is like, yeah, I liked it. I don't know if I loved it, but I did like it, and I think it's definitely an interesting movie. Oh, I saw uh, a Jane Rummer watch this movie called White Noise. I saw it on there. I was like, yeah, I'll watch it. And I was like, man, this sucks. <laughs> and I watched the whole thing, too. <laughs> you did? <laughs> did you guys finish? No. Yeah, it, was, it was terrible. <laughs> That's my rapper name, White Noise. <laughs> Except I take out all the vowels and I spell noise with a Z. <laughs> Um, I started uh, the third and final season of Stargirl because, of course, I have to watch all these DC superhero shows. I made a deal with the devil. But actually, uh, it's a good show. Like, if you're looking for, like, you know, if if your kids are freaking out because you're watching the boys in front of them, (laughs) maybe switch over to Stargirl. (laughs) Uh, Also on the DC, like, superhero stuff, uh, uh, on HBO, they have a bunch of those, like... um, 
you know, kind of animated features that DC uh, uh, pumps out. So that uh, Green Lantern one on there. I think it's called Green Lantern Beware My Power. And I like Green Lantern, so I checked it out. It kind of centers around uh, John Stewart, the uh, African-American Green Lantern. Um, I liked it. Like, I don't think it was fantastic by any means, but uh, it's it's fine. And then finally, um, and you watched it before I did. Oh, that's another thing. That movie, Barbarian. Oh, yeah, yeah. I watched that. So so here's the thing about this movie is I remember when it was coming out, like, um, I, I saw some people online that are like, don't watch the trailers. Don't try not to get spoiled for this movie. Like, you don't want to know anything. You want to go in blind or whatever. And, like, I don't really follow, like, horror movie shit. So, like, I did go in blind because I never was spoiled on it or anything. Because, but they're, like, it, it takes a turn, like, somewhere. And, it, and, like, you don't want that spoiled. And I won't spoil it here. But I'll just say, like... I kind of want to spoil it. <laughs> uh, have you seen this movie? Uh, and, I've seen the ending. So you could spoil oh, it. Oh, so you know. Yeah. Okay, spoilers. <laughs> oh, <I guess. laughs> but here's the thing. What I'm getting at is, like, when that came... Like, I was like, it, it could have been any no- number of things. It, it, like, I, I didn't find it all that, like, shocking or, like, innovative or anything. Like, I, I was just like, this monster could have been, like, any horror trope. Yeah, but the, what it was is makes it kind of grotesque. <laughs> I mean, yeah, visually it is grotesque. Well, not just that, but, okay, here, here comes the break. So, it turns out to be this, like, gigantic inbred woman with saggy tits and she's like mentally handicapped and like everyone she meets she wants to make them her baby that's the yeah that's that's the the terrible part but like she has a couple people trapped at one point and she tries giving them a bottle and it's so like disgusting (laughs) (laughs) i'm like oh don't drink that no the one woman drinks out of it she's like just drink it oh god oh that, that was like that was traumatizing. That part was that was bad. I mean, the rest of it, I was like, okay, but that part was like <laughs> that stuck with me. But like still, if I was gonna have a bad dream, that would be it. Like the implication, like of like the guy that sired all these kids and like just like kept like committing incest, like generations worth of incest. That's pretty disturbing. Yeah, yeah. No, that was a. It's creepy. When they first introduced that guy, I just thought he was going to be like a serial killer. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what they made you yeah. think for sure. But yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's creepy. But uh, yeah, I thought it was going to be like a just turn into like a slasher flick because that's kind of what they made it sound like. But it was just like like weird horror creature feature in the end. Well, well, when I heard people talking about it, like oh, it went somewhere I really didn't expect. I was almost hoping like. It went the other way. Like you, you would expect like this, like re- all this grotesque shit, but then like it's not that. Like that was kind of what I was hoping, but no, it just kind of does get grotesque. <laughs> <laughs> well, because of the name Barbarian, I, I thought that there was going to be someone who's just like goes in there and tears down shop or something. Like I was expecting some crazy shit. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. It was but... <laughs> crazy. It was uncomfortable. <laughs> um, guys. I was like, I'm trying to find, I don't have like any, like <laughs> a lot of stories this week. So I was like, man, can we find something, some more to talk about? But I think that covers everything I watch. I don't know if you guys can think of anything. Oh, didn't you yeah, want to talk Ant-Man about the Quantumania Yeah, trailer. the Ant-Man trailer came out. Okay. So what do you think of it? I thought it was okay. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I'm, 
I do fear that they might have. I hope they didn't show too much in the trailer, just because like there is a point at the end where Ant Man says like, "Okay, uh, I don't need you to. I, I don't need to beat you. I just need you to lose as well." Right. Um, so like that makes you think like he sacrifices himself at the end or something, you know? And I'm guessing he doesn't yeah. though. <laughs> okay. But like, what do you think? Because cause, like um, Kang is like, I can offer you like the one thing no one else can time or whatever. Yeah. With his daughter, he lost those five years with his daughter. So like what's Kang in the comics? Like he can like straight up time travel. Can't he? Yeah. He, he he almost controls the timeline. Like he's very intertwined with it because like in Loki, like they had all these like, you know, split variant timelines. Mm -hmm. And so like, I didn't know exactly how his powers worked or like what he could do exactly. Or, like, would he be offering him, like, a, like, he can go live, like, this variant timeline where, like, he never uh, separated from his daughter, something along those lines? I, I don't know exactly. The how comics are very unclear, but sometimes they mix it up. Like, sometimes it's, like, the same timeline that he can go back in, and sometimes it is, like, a new timeline that's formed when he goes back. So, it's not consistent. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I just recently uh, went through a comic and uh, they had like both scenarios in the same comic almost. Like a, a little mix of both. I don't know. I did see like somebody took a still frame and uh, of this trailer because it like goes by fast. But apparently like Modoc is in the Ooh, Yeah, Modoc. He's played by the guy who uh, played um, the... From the first Ant-Man, right? Jack Yellow Jacket, yeah. Yeah. Corey Stahl, I think. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Um, that, that character is like always i've just always been like it's such a goofy character like in the comics it yeah i'm very interested in how they like portray that character on the screen it, it seems like something that would be difficult to take seriously so i don't know <laughs> it's been a, a minute since i watched ant-man one i was thinking didn't that guy die or did he not ant-man oh no his his bumblebee guy oh yeah well he got like he like contorted and became like tiny but all his body parts seemed like they were breaking while he was doing it <laughs> so i don't know how he survived that and became modok but i guess they can be like oh someone found him in like you know frankenstein him into <laughs> modok i <Yeah>. guess <laughs> his arms and legs were useless at that point <laughs> <laughs> um that's coming out pretty soon like next month right ant-man yeah yeah it's coming out pretty soon uh, I'm not sure about the exact date, but I think it'll start kicking off like phase five, I guess, of the MCU. Like this new uh, Secret Wars and stuff like that will start stemming from this. Oh, Quantumania is the, yeah. like the first one in this new yeah. phase. It's kind of a shorter phase though, right? Because they have like, I don't know, a couple movies and then eventually they have like those uh, t like two Avengers movies and then like. Yeah, but I think they're going to do the same thing they did with, like, the first few phases. Like, they'll sprinkle in, like, other characters' movies that are tethered to it, probably, that, like, f build it up. Are the are the Fantastic Four in this phase somewhere? Uh, I'm not sure. I'll check Yeah, I forget. <laughs> I, I think, I did hear they're coming up with a movie pretty soon, though. Yeah, I think, I think, like, I think it is supposed to be, but. Yeah. I mean, it would make sense, because they, I mean, in the comics, Reed Richards is, like, the great ancestor of, uh, uh, Kang. It's kind of uh, left. It's kind of left up to the reader to like kind of choose between him and Doctor Doom, who's the actual like uh, ancestor of Kang. But oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. Okay, so like one of them yeah. is uh, related to Kang somehow. Mm -hmm. 
That's that's why in the comics, Kang can never kill Doctor Doom because he's like, I might be related to this guy. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. Um. All right, guys. Should we get into story time? Let's do it. All right. Well, anyone who hasn't watched or listened, we're going to go around uh, the table. Everyone's going to bring a random topic of conversation from around the globe. And we'll just see if we can't make something funny and or entertaining out of it. And as tradition dictates, AJ, we usually start with you. So what do you got for us? All right. Social media users were left stunned after finding out about the incredible story of Captain Tim Lancaster, the British Airways pilot who got sucked out of the cockpit mid-flight and amazingly lived to tell the tale. A Twitter user shared photos from a reenactment of what happened, writing, In 1990, the window of a plane fell off, and one of the pilots got sucked out, so they just had just held on to their legs while the plane landed. Uh, and it turns out that that pilot in question is a bloke named, called, uh, obviously this is a British paper, <laughs> a bloke called Tim Lancaster, who was flying from Birmingham, England, to Malaga, Spain, in June 1990, when two of the plane's six cockpit windows shattered as they traveled over Oxford. Um, Lancaster ended up being thrown out of his seat and sucked out of the window while the force also blew the cockpit door from its hinges and nearly knocked flight attendant Nigel Ogden to the ground. Thankfully, Ogden was able to rush into the cockpit and grab Lancaster's legs just as he disappeared out the window. Uh, uh, I don't know if we can say cockpit on YouTube this many times. (laughs) And he was sucked out of it. Uh, Ogden started slipping out of the uh, opening as well, but a second cabin crew member called John Huard uh, rushed into the cockpit and grabbed him by the belt. Before any other, uh, before another flight attendant strapped himself into the into the pilot's chair and helped hold the chain of people down. This is like a cartoon. There were like three people holding this guy in, <laughs> in a window. Um, meanwhile, Lancaster was exposed to the elements on the outside of the plane, holding on for dear life at twenty three thousand feet. Was this like a commercial airliner or a smaller plane? I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, while co-pilot Alistair Atchison took over took over the control, shouting "Mayday, Mayday!" into the radio, uh, Ogden told the Sydney Morning Herald, "I whipped a, I whipped around and saw the front windscreen had disappeared, and Tim, the pilot, was gone through it. He had been sucked out of the out of his seat belt." Uh, and he had been sucked out. Oh, he had been sucked out. Of the, and all I could see were his legs. I jumped over the control column, grabbed him around the waist to avoid him going out completely. His shirt had been pulled off his back, and his body was bent upwards, doubled over around the top of the aircraft. Man, his legs were jammed forward, disconnecting the autopilot, and the flight fl- flight door was resting on the controls. Sending the po- plane hurtling down at nearly six, 650 mile, kilometers per hour uh, through some of the most congested skies in the world. He continued, I thought I was going to lose him, but he ended up in a bent, ended up bent in a U-shape around the windows. Uh, his face was banging against the window with blood coming out of his nose and the side of his head. His arms were flailing and seemed about six feet long. Most terrifyingly, his eyes were wide open. I'll never forget the sight as long as I live. Amazingly, co-pilot Atchison managed to get the plane under control and the aircraft eventually landed at Southampton Airport, where crew were met by the emergency services. Even more incredibly, Lancaster managed to survive the ordeal, suffering f- several fractures and frostbite. The shocking story was the subject of a documentary called Air Crash, uh, which featured a re- react- 
recreation of what happened and aired on National Geographic in 2005. Uh, but now Lancaster and his crew have found fame all over again in the viral world with screenshots of the reenactment racking up more than 170,000 likes and 38,000 retweets. I, I, how is that possible? Like, I would think somebody hanging out a window going that fast, like there's no chance you could hold on to them. Uh, yeah, I don't even... Like, I guess he was stuck to the front of the plane. That's why he didn't like fall downward you know he was like folded over on the window man how scared would you be in oh, that situation i would have had a heart attack and died there's no <laughs> point in saving me <laughs> yeah that's crazy like yeah that amount of force like yeah i don't and even like being the one like trying to like hold him and get him yeah. back in would be scary as fuck hell yeah because you could go out with him yeah where was that at it was in uh, england england man crazy you gotta fix those windows man all right, manifesto round one. All right, we'll start out with a bang. Uh, cop Megan Hall was fired for having a train ran on her by six male cops while on duty. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Tennessee, folks. <laughs> they don't have enough crime in Tennessee. <laughs> what, was their body cam on? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can we see this? So apparently, yeah, they were on duty. I'll and say. Like, <laughs> and it was their duty to please that booty. <laughs> She's married. Uh, not anymore. And, well, apparently it was an open relationship. Oh. <laughs> Wide open. Yeah. <laughs> <It was> gaping. <laughs> yeah. it, it sounds like she was just fucking like every black dude on the force. <laughs> <laughs> just doing those cuck videos. <laughs> but the thing is, like... <laughs> Do you do you fire her? like if you if you fire her do you have to fire the entire force <laughs> because like it's like yeah they all took part otherwise it's sexual like discrimination <laughs> and maybe she's good for morale I don't know <laughs> yeah the police chief was like my only regret is that I don't have twelve more just like her. <laughs> I mean from now on you guys run your trains on your own time not company time yeah that's that's what I'm thinking like look. <laughs> You guys do what you do, but not on the clock, man. That's wild. Uh, yeah, it's only tax money. <laughs> Finally, our tax dollars are going to something worth yeah. it. I think the rats have been eating the cocaine in their closet, too. <laughs> we don't know where it went. The, the one, what I want to know is... How did she, like, uh, breach that conversation between her and six of her yeah. co-workers? Well, it sounds like it wasn't the first incident, so she was building up to it. <laughs> like, we all been talking, and we found out, like, we've all fucked you at different times. Do you want to just, you know... Like, let's make this a little more efficient. Maybe. I don't know. I still feel like you got to convince people to, like, go back to back to back on you like that. Like... I wouldn't want to stick my penis in something that somebody's already stuck there. Like, it does right seem there. like it'd be hard to put together like a group of six from your office, right? Yeah. Because you're like, oh, Johnson was just in there and uh, I know things about Johnson. <laughs> yeah, her flirt game must be on point. That is true. Like, like if you, like, it'd be weird, like, no matter what, but like, if if you ran a train with like six strangers, you're like, okay, at least I don't have to see these people again. But like, it is very weird to like, you come to work and you're like, oh yeah, I just saw all these guys naked and fucking. Yeah. <laughs> see you tomorrow. <laughs> Best job in the world. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
I mean, I bet they're married too, though. That's the thing, right? Like the six of them. One of them's got some be of them. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, they're probably all married. <laughs> <laughs> they're like telling their wife, "Man, it's a dangerous job, babe. You don't know. <laughs> Gotta watch out for those STDs." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, man. Well, my story's not quite as sexy, but it's kind of sexy uh, because South Korea's national nightmare is over because the ban on imported sex dolls is finally over. Yeah. Where? South Korea? South Korea. <laughs> were they banning because they were from Japan? <laughs> uh, the import of full-body sex dolls has been lifted in South Korea. This after years of debate over how much the government has say in the private life of its citizens. There are no regulations or laws banning the import of dolls. Hundreds upon thousands have been seized uh, by the customs, citing a, a clause in the law banning importation of goods that, uh, quote, harm the country's beautiful traditions and public morale. Uh, importers weren't happy with this and took their case to the courts. They were mostly in agreement, and the courts uh, ordered customs to release the sex dolls. According to them, the dolls are used in people's private spaces and don't undermine human dignity. Korea Customs Services said in a statement uh, that it began a revised guideline in regards to the import of full-sized adult sex dolls. It stated that recent court rulings and opinions were reviewed from relevant government agencies, including the Ministry of Gender Equality and Family. However, Customs Service was clear when it said that it uh, will ban the import of childlike sex dolls. This extends to dolls that embody certain people. Other countries ban childlike sex dolls as well, including the United States, Australia, and the UK. The decision shows a turtle-like speed, but still moving uh, regarding restrictions on the state in uh, interference into personal lives. There are also cons- uh, conservative groups and women's rights groups who will likely voice their opinions against the use of a sex doll, even done in the privacy of one's home, there are still those who believe that sex dolls deepen sexual object- objectification of women and undermine public morale. We thought our people's rights to seek happiness and use sex dolls in their private lives have been restricted by the state, says Lee Sang Jin, head of one of the company's online shopping malls. There are various types of people who use sex dolls, including those who are sexually alienated or those who need them for artistic purposes. Lee said the decision by the customs uh, was reasonable, uh, but a bit late. South Korean authorities don't crack down on the sale of domestically domestically made sex dolls, but their quality is in general inferior to those made abroad, Lee said. Lee said his former company had already taken back more than 20 of the dolls from customs officials through lawsuits. He said the company has filed separate lawsuits seeking government compensation as many of the retrieved dolls become, became unusable following about two years of seizures by the Customs Service. The Customs Service's decision would allow importers to get their dolls back from the government storages where they're being held and are run by the agency. And how, how, how long do they hold these things? <laughs> Apparently, they've been in storage for a couple of years, it says. Sure. <laughs> and esti- the rats got to them. Yeah, the rats got to them. <laughs> the rats came all over them. Uh, an estimated 1,000 sex dolls that have been sent to South Korea since 2018 are likely still being held. So, like four years. When you said uh, the court said to release the sex dolls, it reminded me of release the Kraken. <laughs> release the sex dolls. <laughs> <laughs> You would have thought that because they mentioned like, um, you know, they want to import them because the ones they make domestically like aren't very good. Like you would think like 
somebody over there would have like been like, okay, there's a market potential here. Yeah. We're like, we'll actually make good sex dolls. <laughs> it kind of like it, I'm sure there's somebody in like Korea complaining right now. Like we we're we're not even one of the top countries in making sex dolls. What happened to our nation? You know, of great innovators and creators. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been funny to be like a. Uh, uh, you know, a guy that like secretly like brought sex dolls to carry it for like big bu- big bucks. <laughs> smuggling. Yeah, that's what the word I was looking yeah. for. Yeah, I'm a sex doll smuggler. <laughs> uh, well, kind of a tie-in story since we're talking about this isn't exactly sex dolls. Okay. So uh, this Indian guy, his wife died, and like she'd had this idea before she died that she, she wanted to be like um, she'd seen like dead people statues and you know the commemoration and she wanted that but instead she wanted to have like a silicon silicone doll made of herself and so this guy paid like three grand he, he got this silicone doll made and like they put on her best clothes and they put her on the couch in her favorite spot and so she's always just like sitting there she she's his wife is dead yeah his wife is dead and but, he just lives with this new silicone wife well, it's a model of his wife. Does it look realistic? Yeah, I got a picture here. Just a second. <laughs> It'd be funny if it looked like one of those really... I mean, it Damn. looks realish. Yeah, yeah, it looks realistic. And then they, he just like, puts her on the couch. <laughs> It'd be funny if it was just like one of those like really cheap-looking sex dolls with like brown paint put on it. Just like... Well, it goes on because apparently there's one other Indian guy who's done this, but then there was a Chinese guy. But the Chinese guy, they they bust out and they say he had to order a second one because the first one wore out. Oh no! <laughs> hey, his compliments to his dead wife, though. Apparently, he yeah, really he loved really, her. Still, yeah. still honoring the bond. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's definitely some level of like, wow, these guys really, really. I mean, they they loved him big time, but. Uh, I saw a photo the other day where some woman, like, her husband died, so she commissioned, like, this, like, um, life-size portrait of her laying on his, like, tombstone. That was, like, the the commemoration. I was like, this is kind of a little weird. Shouldn't it be of him alive or something? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, like, we're going to put a a naked statue of myself on top of your grave. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Unless he was really into some kinky stuff. (laughs) It does kind of make you want something to do something really weird when you die. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if you guys, um, because, like, we only have the option, really, of being, you know, buried or cremated. But if you guys could, like, have anything done with your remains that you wanted to, like, what would you do? I mean, a funeral pyre's got to be tempting. Being shot into the sun, it's got to be up there. Well, I, I mean, ideally, here's what I want. I want to be, like mummified or something done in a way to where like my dna is preserved right or maybe put in like some sort of cryo chamber but then i actually want to be like not shot into the sun but shot into space in hopes that one day like another civilization can find me and clone me or something (laughs) man that's a long shot (laughs) you could live out your days in an alien zoo (laughs) we found Uh, a space monkey I don't know. I I feel like there's everything's connected on Earth, so I wouldn't want to be shot out. I I have thought about it. You know, being shot out to space that'd be cool. But I think uh, I'd like to be you know a pyre. You know, and uh, I like to pyres be, again. Yeah, like ashes, and maybe who knows? You you come back as part of another living thing at some point. 
I also um, think it would be cool to be put in like a some sort of like ornate, ornate like uh, casket and then sunk to the bottom of the ocean, right. where people are like, "Oh, this guy was the king of Atlantis." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> what about just like being ground up and put in dog food or something? <laughs> no, don't get back. I want to be soiling green. <laughs> Useful. <laughs> Most but, people waste their bodies. But then we'll give dogs the taste for human flesh. Win-win. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else I want to kind of kind of do, like, no matter how my body's disposed of? I do want to get, like, a headstone and, and put, like, like Illuminati, like, symbols on it and stuff to where people are like, what, is, what was this guy hiding? This has to mean something. Like, make, like, a whole fake national treasure. Right, history. exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fake treasure map. Yeah. <laughs> I'll buy like headstones like several cemeteries throughout the country and like <laughs> put people on this big chain. That'd be crazy. Oh my god. You could just start putting out fake headstones. <laughs> <laughs> At the end, like they have to dig up your actual like body. <laughs> you just got two middle fingers up. <laughs> exactly. Something like that. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> You have to pose my body with both <laughs> fingers up. <laughs> um, AJ, I guess it's your turn again. Let's see. Okay, this one's kind of weird. Uh, a man who spent 12,500 pounds to become a dog explains why he did it. Many of us have, have splashed unadvisable amounts of fancy dress costumes, uh, but a bloke from Japan named Toko took things to an entirely different level. Uh, uh, as you can see in the uh, video, Toko sp spunked a wedge on an incredible lifelike canine Wait, costume. Wait, he did what? I don't know. <laughs> he, he spunked? These British people are wild. Spunked a wedge? <laughs> <laughs> like, I lived in England for a year. <laughs> he spunked a wedge. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, and while the creation is undoubtedly impressive, the big question is why? Well, Toko decided to answer some questions on YouTube in his dog suit, of course, and he explained that it's more than just a fun, uh, fun bit of dress-up for him. It's a dream realized. He had uh, he had a vague dream of becoming an animal since I was a child. I had a vague dream of becoming an animal since I was a child. He wrote on the caption, dogs can't talk, remember? Uh, when I fulfilled that dream, this is how it turned out. I've wanted to be an animal ever since I can remember. I mean, that's a pretty realistic-looking costume. I mean, this is definitely... Definitely sexual, right? It's got to be. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what was that trigger? It was difficult to answer the question. As for why he decided to embody a collie of all create creatures, he continued, the reason for this is because it was my favorite breed and because its size. Uh, I am particularly fond of cute quadrupedal animals. He's a furry for sure. The fact that the size gap with humans is not large was also a deciding factor. To be fair to Taco... Uh, his he ha who hasn't looked at the life of a dog with envy. What should I do today? Thinks the dog. I guess I'll just sleep and play whatever I whatever I, whenever I'm not being fed. Uh, they've got they've got it worked out, ha haven't they? No renting, no commuting, and networking for them. Uh, <laughs> Who's paying for this guy's rent? Right, that's true. This guy's like going out into public and like putting his nose in people's what? crotches and like licking people. <laughs> I mean, he bought a 12,000-pound suit. How do you do that? <laughs> Wait, 12,000? Yeah, 12,500. The guy didn't pay that much for his dead wife. <laughs> yeah. 
Taku purchased his costume from Zeppe, a Japanese company that cre- creates sculptures and models for films. Offering up a bit of insight into the design process, the company said, The point is that the skeleton of a dog can be reproduced on the skeleton of a human. Since the structure of the skeleton is very different, we spent a lot of time studying how to make it look like a dog. They added, in addition, we collect photographs taken from various angles so that the beautiful coat of the collie can be reproduced and devised so that the coat will flow naturally. I don't... I mean, it is a very realistic-looking suit. Yeah. But, yeah, this guy's definitely into, like, pup play sex stuff. Yeah. There's no way he's not. It's like those people who act like babies. Like, there's... Oh, right, right. Those people. Like, you probably don't have to dress like a dog to get another dog to fuck you in the ass. (laughs) Good to know. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, now you don't. (laughs) $12,000 on the train. (laughs) <laughs> Did I ever tell you guys about that guy who uh, he would go on business? This is like some business trip guy. I don't know. He like lived in the Pacific Northwest or something, and uh, he he wouldn't tell his family where he was actually going. He would just tell them he was going for work, and he was actually fucking horses on a farm. <laughs> And one of the horses... How long were these vacations? Right? One of the horses fucked him to death. That's how they found out. (laughs) (laughs) Like punctured his colon or something. (laughs) What a way to find out. Put that on your grave. Is that a Darwin Award? Fucked to death by a horse. It's gotta be. God. Didn't like a a queen die that way? Like, well, isn't there a rumor that Catherine the Great died that way? (laughs) Some people never learn. (laughs) If you don't study history, you end up. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be funny, like a guy's walking by, seeing him get fucked by a horse. He's like, you know, Catherine the Great died that way. Wouldn't do that if I were you. <laughs> oh, God. Man. <laughs> oh, man. It also, like, makes you wonder what the logistics were. Like, was he paying a farmer or something? Like, <laughs> I doubt it. I bet he was just, like, like sneaking, sneaking in the there. <laughs> the farmer's like... Damn you, fucking my horses again. <laughs> Why are you always out here fucking my horses? <laughs> He's like running off like five different people. <laughs> They're all in there. <laughs> Why did I buy such an attractive horse? <laughs> Can you imagine someone trying to run after the people? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, honey, the job's calling again. <laughs> God. Uh, you never want to sit down after you go on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Sun burnt my ass again. Um, well, I don't know if you have a story as good as horse fucking, but time for manifesto round two. Uh, it's hard to top that. This is just uh, uh, economics 101. So uh, apparently housing... Like, the, the time on market for a house has gone up by roughly a week from what it was like a year ago. And so this is the headline. I don't know who does these mathematics, but 31% of real estate agents in the U.S. couldn't afford to pay their rent in December. <laughs> so, yeah, it's tough times out there. 
in the real estate market. They were just killing it recently. I don't know. Well, for a long time, because house prices have been on the rise for yeah. forever. And people were buying them up. Yeah. So, so I mean, you expect we, we, we were do, we're, Oh, yeah, we've been expecting the bubble to pop, but yeah. apparently it's it's coming. Is it, though? <laughs> apparently it's happening. So what happens to 31% of these real estate agents? They can't pay rent. I don't know. They probably have partners getting new jobs like I did. (laughs) How do they come up with a statistic like that, though? I don't know. A a lot of real estate agents don't make a lot anyway, so. Yeah, I think I feel like there's some that are, like, super successful and others that have a hard time. Yeah. Um, let's see here. I don't know what I got left. Okay, so this is, um, one of those list articles. This is six bizarre demons from various mythologies. Ooh, demonology. Number one, Sulak, the haunter in the toilet. What? How, how ancient could that be? That's who I've been fearing this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, that's like some like uh, fear your babysitter gives you, telling you there's monsters in the toilet or something, <laughs> so you don't play in it. But really, this isn't an old demon, because like, how long have toilets been around? That's true. Um, outside of sleeping, you're probably at your most vulnerable when you go to the bathroom. That's why Sulak decides to lurk in the toilet. Sulak is a demon from the mythology of ancient Babylonia. Did ancient Babylonia have toilets? He appears as a bearded man with the lower body of a lion. His domain is sickness and disease. The Babylonians believe that almost every illness came from Sulak, and a common term uh, for being sick was to, uh, to be touched by the hand of Sulak. And since people couldn't defend themselves while, while on the can, Sulak liked to hide in bathrooms and toilets. To avoid drawing his attention, doing your business quietly and modestly was important. Anything to get people to use proper toilet etiquette. Uh, number two, Adromalius, the demonic good guy. We think of demons as malevolent evil beings who do nothing but bring misery and destruction. And then there's Adromalius, who honestly seems like a pretty stand-up guy. An Earl of Hell from Judeo-Christian mythology, Adromalius appears as a bearded old man carrying a big snake around. That might sound ominous, but he's pretty much the chief of police in the pit of fire. He has the ability to find and capture thieves and return stolen property. Adromalius also doles out punishment for stealing, lying, and evil deeds in general. Sure, it's in uh, Demon's job description to make evildoers pay for their crimes in hell, but you have to appreciate Adromalius for going out of his way to find and catch the bad guys. Uh, Oh, another toilet one. Belphegor, the prince on the porcelain throne. Like Sulak, a Belphegor from Judeo-Christian myth is also associated with toilets, but he doesn't hide there. Instead, he rules over his domain in hell from the porcelain throne. Belphegor is a hideous bearded horned demon who perpetually sits on the toilet. That's because he's the supreme lord of the sin of sloth and getting up to go to the bathroom is just too much effort for him. But he also seems to have a thing for lavatorial activities. It's said that the best way to invoke Belphegor is to do so while uh, you're doing your own business. To sweeten the deal, you can also offer Belphegor a turd. That's apparently his favorite snack. I mean, I've, I've given this guy a lot of snacks over there. <laughs> Is this just made up? Super <laughs> well, it's all mythology. Yeah. It's, a, <laughs> it's all mythology. <laughs> uh, number four, Tanuki, the big bald raccoon dog. 
the yukai are often called Japanese demons, but they're really more of a ragtag collection of various spirits. Still, they're close enough to make it in the, on the list, uh, if only so that we can uh, feature the tanuki. Tanuki is the native name for a Japanese raccoon dog, but it's also a yukai creature from folklore. They resemble the animal with one crucial distinction. The mythical tanuki sports a pair of massive testicles. The tanuki's balls aren't just for reproduction either. They can use them to bounce around, pile things on them for transportation, and even use them as a net to catch birds or fish. Same. (laughs) (laughs) When not flaunting their testicles, the tanuki are mischievous mischievous little tricksters who like nothing more than to relax with a joke and a bottle of sake. Uh, Many traditional restaurants and bars have a statue of tanuki to bring uh, in thirsty customers. Hey, isn't the the, suit you can get in Mario 3 called the tanuki suit? I don't know. I want to say it was. Uh, Next. I never saw his balls. (laughs) That's true. It would have been a better game if he had big old balls (laughs) that he could catch fish with. (laughs) Time to go do some modding. (laughs) Uh, Number five, Stolas, the cutest of demons. Another Judeo-Christian demon, Stolas, is a great prince of hell who rules over 26 legions of lesser demons. He has bottomless knowledge of all things related to astronomy, healing plants, and the power of precious stones. And he's really cute. According to legend, Stolas appears as a long-legged raven or an owl wearing a crown. But when Louis de Breton illustrated the uh, Dictionnaire Infernal, an 1818 catalog of demons, he decided to make Stolas absolutely adorable. Just look at the little guy. Like a long-legged owl. Yeah. And then... Just as described. (laughs) And then number six, uh, Nuri Botoke, the undead fish Buddha. Uh, the Nuri Batoke looks uh, much more demonic than most other creatures on this list. This Japanese undead demon appears as a fat, Buddha-like creature with blackened, flabby skin, a fishtail extending from its spine, and eyes that hang out of their sockets. But despite its terrifying appearance, the Nuri Batoke is mostly harmless. It crawls out of a family shrine that somebody forgot to close for the night. The creature will fly around the house, scare people with its hideous looks, and pinch them or smack them around with its tail. But that's really the extent of the harm it seeks to cause. You can drive the Nuribataki away by throwing salt at it, or you could just remember to close the family shrine before going to bed. I mean, the thing about, okay, going back to like the, the guy that, you know, the, 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 the one toilet demon where it's like, oh, he likes turds as a prize or whatever, and it's like... If you want to summon him, like, do it while you're taking a shit or whatever. But he doesn't do anything. Like, he's this, like, sloth demon or something. Like, yeah. What's he like, going to do for you? Like, yeah. Well, <laughs> summon him to do what? Just eat your shit? <laughs> and what if you actually summon Sulok instead? <laughs> That's true. I mean, you're playing with fire. When I think about toilet demons, I think about those stories where, like, the snake comes yeah. out of the toilet and, like, bites you on the balls or something. God, that's a terrifying that's a horror prospect. Story. Yeah. <laughs> That makes you want to not sit on the toilet. I don't even want to visit a country where that's a possibility. <laughs> and I've heard of snakes coming out of the toilet. Like, there was an apartment complex. I saw, like, a news story. And, like, I guess all their plumbing was, like, connected. So, like, one person's snake went in from, like, one complex uh, and then came out of another one. I know, like, a very early episode of this podcast, like, I want to say, like, maybe in the first ten episodes, we had a story like that. Oh, okay. Somebody got bit by toilet snake. Toilet snakes. Got to beware of those toilet snakes. Um, Let's see. AJ, you got another story for us? Yes. All right. 
Amazon driver falls into septic tank and gets trapped for six hours. Oh, I, I, six saw this, underground. I saw this headline. <laughs> <laughs> An Amazon delivery driver was rescued after falling into the septic tank at a customer's house and spending uh, spending uh, hours trapped underground. It's not exactly a desirable day's work, but it's the, it's the one that Charles Amicangel uh, was faced with. He was trying to drop off some parcel or other at a house when the ground suddenly gave way beneath him and he landed in a puddle of, well, you can imagine what sort of stuff he was in. Uh, what a day, right? Uh, we've all had days at work when we've wanted the ground to open up and swallow us, but on this occasion it actually happened. Uh, Charles immediately called for some help, but then started to see the funny side and took out his phone to film a video for his TikTok. In that video, he said, so I'm delivering to this customer's house and I just fell into a septic tank, I think. I don't think, uh, they, I don't think if they were digging in it or what, I just, but I just walked by and the ground came out underneath me. Uh, I'm like six feet down and I'm trying, and I tried using these roots around me to get out and they just pulled more dirt on top of me. Yeah, dirt. Uh, yeah, probably best to stop doing that then. It looks uh, pretty grim down there. Uh, after sharing his surroundings on camera, Charles revealed that his plan was to simply stand there and wait to be rescued by the police or fire department. In a moment of reflection, Charles said, I'm standing in knee-deep in sludge, uh, piss and shit. Uh, I, really do not want, I really do not want to die in somebody's whatever you call this thing. No, it doesn't sound ideal, to be quite honest with you. What's more, he claimed that this still had he still had 100 deliveries left to make with his parcels. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to get fired for sure. <laughs> Amazon for sure. Probably. <laughs> What's more, he claimed... Oh, yeah. Uh, luckily, eventually, the f uh, fire lads sent over a helicopter and dropped a ladder down to help get him out. And a colleague turned up to take half his workload away so that he could get finished quicker. <laughs> half uh, half <laughs> covered in shit. In the end, he got back to work. Would you go back to work straight after that? <laughs> Obviously, his TikTok followers were pleased that he managed to get out. Uh, one said, no lie, it was your boss. And no lie, if I was your boss and heard that uh, this situation, I'm coming to check on you myself. Forget about finishing the route. Others piped up to ask Amazon whether Charles could have a pay raise for his troubles. Another warned, you should get blood work done to make sure you didn't contact him contract hepatitis or some other born wasteborne illnesses at least he managed to get out of there safely why would they have had to send a helicopter did it say that no, i don't think so. oh i i wonder if they were having trouble finding him or something or why did it take like so many hours or whatever to get him out i would have thought it would have been easy like they would just show up there like you know grab onto him pull him out or throw something down there for him or i don't know it just didn't like, why did it take so many hours? Oh, you're right. Eventually, the lads sent over a helicopter and dropped a ladder. That's what I thought it said. That seems like yeah. the, a crazy way of having to get him out of there. Like, they couldn't just drive a vehicle there like he did with it, the Amazon vehicle and, like, fucking, like, put a ladder down there. A rope and pull him out. I yeah. Mean, yeah, that seems like the most expensive way to get somebody out of a six-foot hole. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> let's sit in the helicopter, boys, just for fun. <laughs> We gotta justify the helicopter expense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why does the fire department have a helicopter? <laughs> Maybe it took so long because, like, all the officers were banging this one chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, old boys like neck deep in shit. It's a pandemic across the world. <laughs> Is there anyone not banging that lady? The helicopter guy's free. <laughs> All right, I guess we'll use him. 
It cost a fortune. <laughs> um, all right, Manifesto. Any stories left? Are we getting close to done? Close. Um, I'm running low. Andy Dick arrested on two charges. <laughs> Public intoxication and failure to register as a sex offender. Oh, he's a sex offender? Apparently. But yeah, they just responded to a call of some drunk guy and they picked him up and tagged Andy on Dick. the sex offender thing, I guess. Uh, Poor Andy Dick. I feel like he's been in like legal trouble for like years, <laughs> like all the time. Why is it sometimes it's like the people who play like the nerdy weird guys are actually like have like issues <laughs> later on? Screech. You're seeing it with the, true. Big the Flash, the guy who just played the Flash. Oh yeah. Did I hear he, they're they're not firing him? I did see a headline that said like they were considering, you know, not firing him. But if I had to guess I think they're just trying to get him to not have a freak out between now and when the movie comes out. And then once that movie's out, they'll be like, oh, we're moving on. <laughs> like, yeah, you you were fucking fired all along. Yeah. yeah. I can't. He's too big of a liability. I can't I imagine so. them. I can't Im- imagine them continuing with him. So, yeah, I do think that's bullshit. There, it's something they're probably just putting out there to like try to assuage him or something. Yeah, because I, f- I feel like with him committing so many offenses in a short amount of time, you're asking a lot. You're gambling by hoping he doesn't get into trouble in the next few years. And also gambling that, like, he's not, like, permanently mentally, like, disabled and can actually, like, get his shit together yeah. and keep it together. So, no, I there's no way they could stay with him. Yeah. Plus, like, I mean, some of the things he's accused of, I guess I should say they're accused of because he's like non-binary or, or they're non-binary. God, that's hard to keep all the pronouns straight. But um, I know he uh, – God, I can't do it. Uh, <laughs> they were accused of like uh, grooming like an underage like oh yeah girl or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's like I, – I don't think it's clear whether he actually did anything inappropriate with the, the underage girl. But like just having that accusation out there in the court of public opinion is not good. Yeah. And doesn't I don't think they would stick with him. Yeah, I mean, especially <clears throat> he's a comic character. You know, you're targeting a lot of young people too with this. Yeah, yeah, I'm almost certain they'll drop him, but they probably want to keep things as clear as possible until that movie comes out. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I'll do one more because we're not quite to the hour yet. Uh, this is another list article. This is ten strange things banned around the world uh, for often stupid reasons. Uh, The first one, flip-flops in Capri, Italy. The island of Capri off the west coast of Italy is a popular vacation destination. But if you decide to soak up some Mediterranean sun, you'd better pay attention to your footwear. Flip-flops have been banned on Capri along with other excessively noisy footwear. According to... No clogs either. There there were some Karens on this cancel. (laughs) According to local authorities, Capri residents enjoy their peace and quiet and tourists with flapping or clicking shoes simply don't belong. Somebody ran for office just to push this through. I feel like that's true. (laughs) Do do people of Capri have like amazing hearing or something? Like Superman? (laughs) They have to like block out all these... Anyone caught wearing offending footwear faces hefty fines. So if you're traveling to Capri, wear proper sandals as uh, Capriens do. Uh, next, excessive condiment consumption, France. Oh, Liam would be in trouble on this one. <laughs> I would too. <laughs> 
In 2011, news broke that France had banned ketchup to protect French cuisine, but that story is not true. Instead, France has banned uh, all condiments in schools. French students aren't free to put as much ketchup, mayo, or vinaigrette on their food as they want. Instead, all condiments are distributed by canteen staff in predetermined doses as part of the country's effort to reduce childhood obesity. Uh, Next, high-heeled shoes in Greece. Uh, Capri isn't the only Mediterranean vacation destination to ban certain types of footwear. In Greece, you might want to watch where you walk in case you happen to wear high heels. The country has banned high heels from any and all historically significant locations. Believe it or not, though, their reasoning kind of makes sense. High heels put more pressure on a single spot on the ground than regular shoes. The ancient paving of Greek ruins, such as the... uh, Athenian Acropolis is so brittle that hordes of tourists in high heels could significantly damage it. If you get the like 400 pound Americans who think they need like that six inch heel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of. She's destroyed. <laughs> speaking of fat, I didn't know this. Being overweight in Japan. Uh, the Japanese government is concerned for the health of its citizens. So, con- so concerned, in fact, that people can face repercussions for being overweight. Companies employing Japanese people aged 40 to 74 are required to carry out annual waistline measurements. If an employee is too fat, the company is required to provide them with dietary guidance. Any company not carrying out its proper duties can be fined. So bosses have an incentive to encourage their employees to lose weight. I mean, can you imagine like where you work puts pressure on you to lose weight? That is messed up. And also, there'd be there'd be like civil war in this country. Oh God, I know it. I know it. It'd be like a revolution. People be tearing down walls. Be riding by on their scooters, like shooting shit. But it's also weird because they have like in Japan the sumo culture where they revere these like huge sumo wrestlers. And it's like, (laughs) it's weird that they would then be like that strict on keeping their weight, uh, you know, under control. Uh, Next, reincarnation in China. Don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be born back in China. (laughs) Are you a Tibetan Buddhist monk who happened to die? If yes, and you're reading this, we assume you successfully reincarnated. But did you have a permit for that? In Tibet, monks aren't allowed to reincarnate without a license from the Chinese government. We have no idea how this law is enforced, but it is an actual thing. Man, that is just purely because Tibet wants yeah. to control China. Uh, or China, China wants to control Tibet yeah. and Buddhism. <laughs> uh, next, foreign wheelbarrows in Nigeria. <clears throat> if you're traveling to Nigeria, make sure you haven't packed any wheelbarrows with you. They might uh, be confiscated on the border. Now, Nigeria hasn't banned all wheelbarrows, just foreign-made ones. The ban is supposedly there to protect Nigeria's domestic wheelbarrow industry. They've got like one company, and they're like, we got to keep this thing afloat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Furbies, the United States. Remember Furbies, the soulless, weirdly threatening furballs from the 90s that supposedly imitated human speech? Well, they were once banned from facilities operated by the NSA. The ban was due to Furby's marketing. Tiger Electronics, their manufacturer, claimed that as a child played with a Furby, this thing slowly learned to speak English. Um, The NSA was concerned that a foreign agent could plant a hidden Furby at an NSA facility. Over time, it would begin repeating what it heard and could disclose national secrets. In reality, Furbies uh, didn't have any kind of AI. Instead, their speech system worked on a timer to gradually evolve from goo-goo-goo-goo. Gaga to a few uh, cohesive words. The NSA just never bothered to actually check how Furbies function. <clears throat> I mean, it seems like 
they should have been smart enough to figure it out, right? I, we're talking about AI. <laughs> <laughs> um, next, running out of gas in Germany. Uh, you'd better check that you have a full tank of gas before you get <clears throat> on one of uh, German's famous autobahns. Running out of gas uh, on one of the, these highways is strictly verboten. There's a good reason for that, though. Autobahns have no legally enforced speed limit, so people drive at absolutely ridiculous speeds. As a result, any car stopped on the road puts everybody in great danger. Uh, stopping for any reason, whether due to running out of gas or experiencing a breakdown, will get you fined. And next, oh man, man, China is really restrictive. Uh, time travel in China. Man, they won't let you get away with anything. I want to go back to a time when that wasn't <laughs> China doesn't just ban reincarnation. Time travel is also a big no-no in the country. Granted, this ban concerns only movies. Aw. Films featuring time travel are banned in China as the government is concerned they could lead to a, quote, distorted perception of history. Then again, if time travel is banned in movies, you can bet that it, it's, it'll be banned in real life as well. So if you invent a time machine, don't take it to China. So... I'm guessing they they wouldn't be fan of like alternate history movies like Inglorious Bastards Going or anything. back in time and killing General Mao. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> uh, next, memes in Australia. <laughs> they they have like <laughs> instead of like the dystopian futures, you got like the happy futures. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think this is the last one. Uh, memes in Australia. Memes are everywhere on the internet, but in Australia, they're technically illegal. Australia has incredibly strict copyright laws that prohibit distributing an infringing article that uh, prejudiciously affects the copyright owner. Since memes are usually pretty irreverent and the people making them sure don't pay for the pictures they use, they are illegal. Of course, the law is pretty impossible to enforce to its extent, and it's unlikely you get in trouble for slapping some text on an image. Nonetheless, memes are uh, on the Australian government's ban list, no matter how dank they are. <clears throat> uh, I bet they get memes over there. <laughs> There's no way you can ban those, man. Like, oh yeah, they for yeah. sure. Yeah. That's what they're saying is like, there's no way to enforce this, yeah. but technically, <laughs> technically, you shouldn't do it. So like, if you if you had like a picture on your phone of a meme, like a cop side, <laughs> are you memeing, boy? <laughs> Every time you make a meme, it just has to be like a picture of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> when true. you slam your dick in the car door. <laughs> <laughs> This is a painful meme, but it got a lot of views. Yeah. No one ever reused this. <laughs> it would kind of be funny to make a bunch of memes with yourself. <laughs> you just like put out a shitload of them, and all of a sudden, like people are like, "Where are all these memes of this random guy coming from?" And they make no sense. <laughs> Make yourself into a meme. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Should we wrap this bad boy up? Yeah, sure. let's get out. All righty, guys. Well, we do thank you very much for playing along. Uh, if you will, please subscribe both to the YouTube channel and on your uh, to the podcast on your podcast service of choice. Leave us thumbs up, uh, comments. Um, all that good stuff. By the way, there were a few people that uh, didn't like us talking trash about Andrew Tate on the last episode. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, he's, he's got defenders that come out, huh? Yeah. One person called us simps, and one person called us, like, bots, I think. <laughs> bots, bots is super logical. <laughs> hey, anyway, if you're still out there, fuck Andrew Tate. <laughs> yeah, fuck that dude. <laughs> <clears throat> 
and uh, if you would like to, uh, come on over to Twitter and follow us on there, guys. Where can people find you on Twitter? At a name for this too, and that's number two. At unsolicited sug. And you can, of course, find me at Zach Jones Live. That's Z-A-C-H-J-O-N-E-S-L-I-V-E. And that is going to do it for all of our shenanigans, shenanigans of Poppycock this week. Please, please, please tune in again next week. Bye, guys. Take care. You have a good one.